0: i'm ben easter and you're listening to the shift to freedom podcast the podcast that gives you the mindsets strategies tips and tricks to live your freedom and love your life If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you, but chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much, maybe you've been worried about what other people will think, or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained and, more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, If you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Welcome back to the Shift to Freedom podcast. I'm here for another conversation with Clayton Olson. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, part two of practices, where we're going to talk about more of the actual rituals that we use to improve our lives and keep ourselves on point.
1: You know, we talked about practices in a previous episode, kind of a high-level overview of the almost the philosophy of practice as it relates to different domains around mental health, around skill building. And I think today what we're going to talk about is we're really going to land the plane and speak to um, a more actionable way that we interact with practices that help us help our mental health, things that we engage in daily, talk about the benefits of them and share them with you as an invitation so that if you're looking to incorporate things into your life, you can kind of listen to this podcast from a place of seeing it as maybe a buffet of different ideas that we bring to the table that you can pick and choose that might resonate and experiment with. I love that that buffet
0: language because the other thing that I would add to that is Um, Even if these just happen to be seeds that get you thinking about what kinds of practices you might be able to implement in your life, and then you go and you find ones that we don't talk about here because we've maybe never heard of them, never thought of them, maybe they didn't work for us or whatever, Um, I think that can be a useful way to think of this conversation as well. So we'll we'll lay out kind of some of the things that we've seen work in our lives, maybe in our clients' lives. And as with most things, take what works and discard the rest and enjoy. I'd love to start just in, in order of time priority.
1: What are the most important practices in your life, Clayton? Where do you start? So I would actually say the most important practices for me are actually guided by what I consider to be the most important part of my day. And the most important part of my day, as well as many others, is their mornings. And uh, I want to make sure that as I'm waking up, there is a clear intention and way in which I am cultivating a way of being, a way of showing up, a stance. Another way of saying it is a particular inner stance that I'm approaching life with that will allow me to be flexible, creative, resourceful, connected to myself. That will allow me then to interact with the clients, the work that I do, uh, the creative content that I produce from my highest, best self. And so in the morning for me, it's there's a, a couple that I'll just put out there immediately, meditation, breath work, and free writing are ones that I incorporate on a pretty consistent basis into my life that fulfill all those functions and really deliver me to a certain territory with myself that allows me to feel like I'm on top of things and uh, mm. centered.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, I just want to hold space for all we night walkers out there as well, because I know that morning routines get a lot of lip service in the coaching industry, but also just in general, you see it on the internet all the time that sort of thing. And I want to hold space for it not needing to be in the morning. If you like me are not a morning person, I totally respect that you are Clayton. There are some practices that in the morning work for me, but in general, a lot of those things that you'll do that intention setting that, that getting really clear about like who I am and how I want my days to unfold for me, that happens the night before. And I really value that, that time where I'll like take a little space. So just want to hold, you know,
1: hashtag Nightwalker. (laughs) Yeah, and that's and like, that's for me the important part of my day, my, not the most important part of everybody's day. The most important part of me, where I feel like I'm actually hit with a lot of, um, maybe I wake up to some anxiety or I wake up mm. to a little bit of like overwhelmed with what's on my plate. I'm typically not feeling that the night before; I'm typically feeling it in the morning. Um, mm. And that instituting certain practices in place to kind of help me alchemize and and work with those different emotions that are coming up. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I'm curious. Some of these things around, like, breath work and uh, journaling and um, intention setting, uh, do those translate to the evening time for you? Or
0: So a couple of things. I think those things are amazing things to practice. But And each of those are kind of touching some of the areas of, like, human dimension. You know the Wheel of Life exercise where you, you check in on yeah. – all the different dimensions. So if physical, dimension, mental, spiritual, environment, emotional, romantic, social and family, career and financial. Those You can make your own dimensions, but those are the ones that are typically you, you'll see around. Um, I, I kind of like practices that help me to maintain my wheel, you know, because the idea <laughs> of the wheel of life is you'll evaluate yourself on each of those dimensions on a scale of one to 10. And then yeah. if you've got any like, and then present that in a wheel format. And then if you have any like flat tire areas so to speak where you know you're a little bit lower on the scale of one to ten in those areas these practices can be ways to bolster those areas and so like breath work for me is both a physical practice and a spiritual practice uh, it's funny in most traditions the word for breath and the word for spirit they're the, the same word uh, anima in ancient greek and uh, spiritus in in uh, latin and so we'll um I think that having some sort of spiritual practice is really useful for me. I that's not limited to one time a day where I'll do that because for me I can anytime I notice tension in my body, it's like my cue to remember to. My clients will know I do this all the time. You'll hear me just randomly take a big deep breath, and I always I have like a standing invitation to remember to breathe with me if you'd like when that happens. So Paige and I play this game. Where we'll just, one of us will take a big deep breath and it'll be like, oh, thanks. Thanks for the reminder, you know, <laughs> as, a, as a way to kind of keep that thing going. Um, so that's a big part of my night walks for sure. Um, but it's also a part of the rest of my day. I try to remember breathing as much as I, I can. I had a Kung Fu teacher when I was young who, he said he, he was like conscious of 90% of his breaths. And I was like, whoa, that is a, I was like hashtag aspiration. <laughs> it was before hashtags, but
1: I really thought that was There's a good cool way anything. of thinking about it. Sounds like a lot of energy to be aware of 90% of your breathing, but at the same time, yeah, it's. A, I can imagine it uh, really allowing one to just drop into themselves and make sure they're taking in as much oxygen as possible. Yeah, and being really present is, I think,
0: part of the practice of breath work too, because the breath is this amazing thing that stands in the intersection of the kind of the past and the future in a way, like the breath that's about to come and the breath that we're letting go of. And so I mm-hmm. think there's a really cool thing there so um love that meditation great practice uh for me meditation is the practice of like becoming aware of your thoughts becoming aware that you're thinking so that you can do something Mm -hmm. about it that you aren't your thoughts like creating the space between those two things yeah love that yeah um what was the other one you said oh free writing so tell me about free writing uh what's that look like for you
1: yeah, so the free writing that I'm doing is actually from Julia Cameron's book the Artist Way. And you know, this is a really important practice for myself. I got into it originally because I wanted to unlock more creativity with my my business is com, is 90% primarily content based. So, the more impactful, potent and expansive my ideas are, Uh, the more it creates a buzz and conversation and people want to be in dialogue with me. And so anything that I thought could help with that would be a a component to help with my business. And just as I've been partaking in this practice on a regular basis, um, I realized just how much more powerful this is. And it expands so far beyond business as well. Um, The free writing, what it looks like is in, in a kind of literal sense is, It's writing three pages every morning or in the evening, um, at least one time a day, whatever is that coming to mind, completely free writing, just allowing it to be stream of consciousness. The sentences don't need to make sense. I'm not going to go back and read it again. That's not the point of it. I'm not writing for another particular person. Um, I'm just allowing myself to brain dump any type of thought that's present and get it outside of myself in a judgment-free way. But you know what? Even if there's judgments, even if there's judgments, I just write down those judgments. So everything is included. Everything hmm. is included and accepted. And so there might be some negative self-talk in there. There might be ways in which I'm berating myself. There might be some things that I'm grateful for. There might be random words and things that are just popping to my mind. And I allow my mind to go wherever it goes, where it could be in the middle of a really juicy thought or idea, but suddenly... You know, a picture of my sister pops into my mind at Thanksgiving and then I just go right into that and I'm not attached to holding on to any thought. What I have found and what the book is a uh, re- reports in many ways what this is doing is it's actually opening your channel. It's, it's opening your channel to something larger than your own ego uh, mm-hmm. to actually flow through. And so I have found this to be an incredible meditation because I'm creating a subject object relationship with all of my thoughts. It's helped me practice acceptance because I'm not trying to deny or push away anything that's coming into my brain. And then it's also opening me up to really allow certain thoughts to come through me that I wouldn't even expect to come through me and for me to, to witness them and be with them. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's the practice that I have. And I've, I would say that that's right now, You know, some of this stuff is seasonal, but like right now, this is one of the most important practices that I have uh, in uh, my daily routine. The -hmm. meditation piece, I just want to speak really quickly. Yeah. And so the meditation piece is uh, I am when I'm in meditation, I'm actually just observing sensations in my body. That's it. And Mm -hmm. if there are any thoughts that are coming into my brain, I'm actually immediately using those to then just dis- determine what is the sensation in my body that is either sourcing the thought or what is the sensation the thought is creating and then going mm-hmm. right into that sensation and just actually exploring it and giving it space and breathing into it and just witnessing the sensation i found that to be also incredibly helpful of just allowing myself to complete emotions and mm-hmm. build a almost an antipathy to maybe some anxiety or some overwhelm or You know, sometimes there's like an urgency that I have that seems to be something I dance with, you know, and I have danced with for the last, God, maybe my entire life. But I'm more Mm. aware that I dance with some type of urgency in the work that I do and just to be with that rather than actually feel like I need to respond to it. Um, Mm. And so it's just a feeling in my body that's creating the thought. And that's been
0: really helpful. Mm, awesome. I want to just, I guess, click on this because I think this is interesting how we we kind of conceptualize these things a little bit slightly differently, which is that you, it sounds like you have like a routine that you like to run in the morning where you do these things. And for me, I find myself pulling these things out sort of more regularly, like the breathwork thing, like where it's like, I'm trying to kind of remember pretty regularly to calm myself down physiologically. And so that it's interesting hearing you talk about this kind of meditation where you are you're noticing the sensations and you're noticing the thoughts that you're having. And for me, I I'm playing this game when I'm becoming aware of my like an experience that I it's usually a negative experience actually. Uh, an experience that I'm not liking, some sensation that I'm not enjoying, like I'll, I'll feel like tightness in my chest or I'll feel I'll be uncomfortable in some way or I'll be worried about something and I the practice yeah. that I'm in is to get really quiet. And first of all, what I think the power of meditation is, is to build the capacity to notice that you're in some state rather than just kind of being in the state. And so then it's like the noticing of that, and then to get curious about okay, what is going on? How am I creating this experience in my reality? and to kind of identify like what thought patterns I'm thinking, what am I believing about the world that, that when I'm believing about it, I'm experiencing this tension or this like discomfort or whatever the thing is. And so I'll sit and just be really quiet for a second as I'm having emotions and be mm-hmm. e- exploring on the inside. And y- when I take the time to do it, I'll be able to have a much more resourceful conversation or a much more resourceful next couple minutes in my life whatever, just because I took that time to check in and kind of listen to what was going on. And for me, the distinction is almost realizing that the emotions aren't happening to me. They are proceeding from processes that I'm running either consciously or unconsciously and becoming aware of those things. Mm-hmm. Does that kind of land in terms of, yeah. do you think that that's a similar practice for you?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, and I think just on, on a meta level, what we're both talking to in many ways, and we just have our kind of own language and uh, awareness around it is we're we're raising our awareness, we're raising our awareness of our internal experience, asking, confronting questions like, "How am I creating this? Right? What's my participation in this?" Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a surrendering component and accepting and a curiosity of self that's occurring. And, you know, I just, I also believe that these practices are not meant to necessarily be something like a one and done during the day. Like, okay, I felt my feelings in the morning and therefore now I can just (laughs) go back up into the prison of the mind for the (laughs) day. It's like the cultivation of these practices is to bring a certain intention into them so that it's something that I come back to again and again when I'm talking to my fiance or when I'm on the phone with a client, it's something that I'm doing behind the scenes to keep putting myself into a resourceful state. It's kind of like doing a, you know, going to a yoga class in the morning, identifying a certain posture that feels really good in your body in the yoga pose, but then not walking out and slouching for the rest of the day. It's actually kind of taking what you've practiced in the yoga class and, and bringing it as a as a structure into your everyday life. And so I, I think you're a really important point here, which is that. These practices are not meant to just exist as something that it's a one and done, but rather there's a way that you live them then through intention into your life. And I think that's just a nice dovetail into something I wanted to say that I think is really important to touch on is that like, you know, the reason I'm talking about these today, and Ben, I imagine you as well, but I'd love to hear is like, you know, for the the coaching clients that we work with, for the people that are enrolling in transformative dialogues with us so that they can create the best versions of themselves, create the relationships they want, create the businesses they want. You know, the purpose of, of us bringing this to the table is because in many ways, these practices allow you to be your own savior. They've mm. they allowed me to be savior, where, you know, I'm not having to wait seven days to talk to a therapist or my coach. It's like there is a way in which I am actively cultivating an agency of self-regulation in my life that allows me to continually come back to my best self and and be self sustaining and self cultivating. Mm. Um, And so, you know, that's, that's really the invitation here is like, I think these things are absolutely crucial um, because I think that people can, and not everybody, but there are some folks that relate to coaching and relate to therapists as like this person or these conversations are going to fix my life or change my life. Mm. And yes, they might be, beautiful signposts that point in a certain direction and can give you a new way of thinking and experiencing something. But there is a invitation to you to look, okay, well, how do you cultivate this now? How do you cultivate this new awareness, this new presence, these new practices, this new way of being in your life so that you can have full ownership of it rather than Mm -hmm. thinking that it's generated outside from a conversation with somebody else?
0: Yeah, I love that you're using this word cultivation because it's it's like we're... we're growing a garden, you know what I mean? We're cultivating and there's the weeding and there's the watering and there's the laying out of the garden and the planting of the garden and the, you know, hoeing the rows, that sort of thing. And then there's the growing part that happens all the time as it gets the resources that it needs. I mean, that the whole purpose of all that other stuff is just to make sure that we're getting all the resources to the the plants and getting everything out of the way that might get in the way of the growth of that plant. So I really love this, like, the idea of cultivation as being like this ongoing Practice. I, I really love that.
1: Beautiful. Love that metaphor.
0: Yeah. I'm going to go through night walks for me, and and I call this a keystone right. habit. Yeah. I think this is a really important thing. So this is my kind of my version of a morning routine uh, for me. I've just always been more alive at night, and uh, and so like 9:30, 10 o'clock comes, and I feel like I'll feel like an itch to get moving. Um, and then what happens is I kind of have this routine level, and I only have to make one decision, which is to grab Pixie, grab a coat or whatever and leave. And I bring my phone and I bring my AirPods and I bring weed and I get high and I, uh, I'll i go on this walk and on the walk, the, that one decision, what happens is it's the reason I call it a keystone habit is because the keystone is the stone in the top of the doorway, you know, in the top of the arch that holds the whole arch together. And so I make this one decision, which is to leave and go on a walk. And then from that. All of these, any other choice that I make while I'm out there is going to be something that contributes to the cultivation of my garden. So I will be creating content. I'll be listening to podcasts or books and gathering inspiration for my coaching practice or for my idea generation or whatever. I'll be, I'm, and obviously I'm getting exercise. I'll stop and do Tai Chi on a bridge in the woods over here, over water. I love that place. Or I'll go up to, there's a playground. I'll go up and I'll stretch on the playground. I'll uh, be creating content, so you know, generating ideas, synthesizing ideas that I'm learning or that I'm thinking about or that are coming up in coaching practices. I'll be running my affirmation beads and practicing my, that. Uh, I'll be connecting with Pixie and playing with her. And so there are all these different practices that happen, and all I have to do is make that one decision in order to get this great benefit of some cluster, some constellation of those things that are going to happen. And for me, that this one practice has just been life-changing. I wouldn't have the business that I have right now if I didn't have this practice. It's my source of becoming better at every aspect of my life, and I think it's just such a valuable thing. So I like to encourage people to think about what could be a keystone habit in your life. Wait, wait. A keystone habit would be figuring out that one thing that you can do. That, And I, I think of it as a physical practice, some yeah. kind of physical practice, because The physical practice then leaves your mind open to do other things, and I think that's a that's an important part of the way that the Keystone habit is functioning for me. Is like I'm going on a walk, but I can think, I can talk, I can whatever on my walks, and I don't, I'm not having anything competing for my mental time being on a walk,
1: Mm
0: -hmm. right? Yeah. So like soaking in a hot tub could be that, or a bath, you know what I mean? Could be that thing. A drive. Going for a drive could be that thing. Absolutely
1: freewheeling where he just gets, gets in his car and he literally just kind of lets his intuition guide what street he's going to turn down and what highway he's going to get on and just drives, listen to podcasts, does a lot of the same stuff. He's not practicing I Tai Chi while driving. <laughs> um, yeah. Ben, I, I, I love that, man. I think that what you're doing here is I think you're speaking to this thing of what is a powerful shift in context that you can create that allows you to knock down several birds with one stone that allows you to maybe make some of these practices feel accessible because I do believe that it takes discipline in the morning to to get up and do these things, uh, mm-hmm. it, and we can look at it that way and say, "Yeah, well, you just—it's really important to be disciplined. If you really want to do it, you're going to do it." But you know, this way that you're talking about it too is like, "Well, I'm incorporating a way of playing with this. I'm, all I have to do is one thing, and then it opens up a whole context that turns into a playground for me to be mm-hmm. able to do all these things that are." sustaining, business generating, and giving to myself. I love that approach to this idea of of practice cultivation is, is find that like nexus, that portal that you can walk through that kind of shifts things for you, that opens the space for you to do these life-giving activities. It's great. Yeah, I love that you're calling it
0: context because I think creating an environment for ourselves where we can make whatever changes we're looking to make is so useful. It's such an overlooked thing, I think. the right environment can make the willpower or discipline necessary to do something so much lower. You know what I mean? You you know, like my classic go-to example is like, if you want to like change your diet, for example, I I mean, you could go into the cabinet and just make a different choice every time you're going to eat, or you could just like make one decision to clear all the shit that you don't want to be included in that new diet out of your life. And then when you go in any choice you make is going to be a convenient choice. I think that's just like, so powerful because then I don't have to be like willpowering myself into the new decision every time I go in because
1: sometimes, I mean, willpower is a finite resource and sometimes we'll have more yeah. and sometimes we'll have less. Really good point, man. I mean, I, I'll tell you that my meditation practice can be, could be made or break on whether or not I have a yoga block sitting in the middle of my office in the morning. If it's, it's a not remind sitting you. here, remind me. Yeah. And, yes. and sometimes <laughs> on the yoga block, if it's like somewhere else. There might just be something else that comes up that has me get pulled into the, the malaise of the day. And it's like mm-hmm. having that out having my journal ready is like a, a great way for my my animal body just to be able to get pulled into these things by habit um, rather than have to, like you're saying, use willpower. And now I have to make these other micro decisions to get the contacts ready and set up. So it's yeah. a great invitation. How can you set up your environment so that the practices that you want to employ in your life become easy and accessible?
0: Yeah. Right on, man. I thought we could maybe do like some kind of rapid fire, some of the other practices that maybe exist in our lives or routines that we run or things that show up in our lives that we think contribute to a more integrated relationship with life. For me, I have a a physical practice, like an ergonomics practice that I do every time I go into pee. It's again, it's another environment, but I'm standing over the toilet and then I'll check in with my whole body posture, like go through the the Tai Chi checklist and just like stand and practice. And I do that like however many times a day I pee. So that's one. (laughs) I have a yoga practice
1: Uh, and the yoga practice, you know, I'm not doing it every single day. Uh, That one I'm doing a few times a week, maybe three, four times a week. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I found finding a 30 minute class as opposed to an hour class is the difference between me doing it and me not doing it. And so Mm -hmm. yoga just gets my body, it it brings my awareness out of my thinking and into the different ways in which my body's moving. And for someone like myself, who's got a really active mind, Um, getting into my body is like super important. It's really important for me to have more of what's happening in my heart, what's happening in my gut, what's happening in my limbs. And that just changes my thinking for the rest of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. The
0: breathing one I think is, is really important. I, I uh, Hmm. really try to be aware of a tightness that happens. I think that's how the beginning seeds of, of anxiety or nervousness or something like that show up in me is I'll start to feel like a closing down here and a tightness in my chest and shoulders. And so the breath to surrender is something that I I find myself doing many times a day. It sounds like an easy one to do. Yeah. Out. So it's... breath to surrender is a full exhale followed by – so to clear out the stale air. That's how I think about it. You know, you want to dust before you, like, expand your lungs. Then an, uh, inhale to absolute capacity and then an audible sigh. Yeah. And the audible sigh is to help your diaphragm to snap back so that it relaxes very quickly. This is a way for me to get into parasympathetic nervous system. So it's like an exhale, inhale. And then just like mm. sometimes I'll think the word surrender, or sometimes at this point it's pretty much habit. But just like really thinking, softening, relaxing, allowing the world to be the way it is. So I practice that pretty regularly. Yeah. Beautiful man, beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Another thing I'll incorporate uh, is dance, dance, and weed as well. So I, you know, I, I love the the weed piece. Well, uh, yeah. it's it really is a doorway to creativity for me and putting on some really good music, some really good electronic music, and just allowing my body to kind of work through any anxiety that's coming up. It's like that's – there's a, like an intentional movement. Sometimes it might just be to, like, let loose, but other times just to actually work with the feelings in my body in a physical way. It's almost like Tai Chi, but to music, which just makes mm-hmm. it a little bit more for me. Um, yeah, that's super important, and I'll notice that when – if weed makes me paranoid – Or there is some anxiety that comes up around that. Like there's a way now that I turn towards it rather than thinking like I don't like this about this, Mm. you know Mm. stuff. No, I'm actually turn towards the anxiety. Like what's actually happening here? I'm going to feel it in my body, and many times I'll open my journal and I'll just I'll just go to town and I'll do free writing and just get all of the anxious thoughts out. And what I've noticed is actually doing that, creating and architecting acute situations where I can feel anxiety and turn towards it reduces the general anxiety in my life all, altogether versus, I, you know, try to cope with it, manage it on a, some low level. It's like, no, I'm going to go slay this dragon while I'm high. <laughs> mm, <I laughs> I'm going to be with it. I'm going to tame it, ride with it. Maybe it's going to own me. But then when I come back into a sober mindset, there's just a way in which I take something with me that feels really special and grounded. Oh, I love
0: that. And that actually reminds me of another practice that I have that I I use very regularly, which is like an it's okay practice. So whatever thought, whatever feeling, whatever experience is going on, whatever horrible thing is happening in the world, whatever I want to use as a reason not to feel the way that I want to feel in the moment, pausing and remembering it is okay. And for me, this has sounded like lots of things over the years, like, um, you know, my there's only one of us here is a mantra for it's okay. <clears throat> That's the one that I use more often than not. Um, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional is another thought that I've cultivated over time. Just it's okay to be. It's okay to have this experience. It's okay to feel like this. Just have that thought is, a, is another way of cultivating this. But just reminding myself of that, just reminding myself of the choice that okayness happens up here. It does not happen yeah. out there in the world somewhere. And so to cultivate a practice of things being okay exactly as they are. Yeah. Really, really super useful for me.
1: Beautiful, man. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I'm just in kind of mapping that over into my life of just these kind of core beliefs that one one has about the world or themselves. It just allows you to be with any experience in so much more of a like frictionless, easy way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a great reminder. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Thought
0: work in general. I mean, I, I briefly mentioned my affirmations on my walk, but I, I just think like cultivating resourceful thoughts. Yeah, doing the weeding. Yep, doing the watering of resourceful thoughts.
1: Yeah. yeah. I'll notice. I'll throw another one in the in the pot, and I'll do this whenever I feel like I have a particular trigger towards somebody. So if it's a family member, or whether it's like a friend, or something that happened um, with with anybody and I'm noticing it triggering Me, I'll go to Byron Katie's website uh, and I've, I've already got it on my, on my computer, but you can go to Byron's Katie's website and get it. It's called the work, the judge your neighbor worksheet yeah. and I'll download that. And I'll just go to town journaling and get out all of the judgments, all of the crap that I think is happening over there, all the things that I want <laughs> someone to change about themselves so I can feel okay. And then I just practice really owning it and being self-reflective and looking at all the ways in which I am that thing that I'm judging And that I should, that I I can take my own advice, or maybe just have more compassion for them, and therefore more compassion for myself. And I I found that to be an amazing way to reduce the charge and have me like own my power back. Right? There's a real, there's a real disempowerment that happens when I'm believing that I need someone to show up differently for me to be okay, versus me coming to myself and realizing, okay, well, maybe it's really just I want to show up differently. I want to hold myself to a higher principle, and that's actually all that matters. And that's a great one. I don't do that every day or anything like that because, um, you know, thank God I'm not triggered by people every day. But when that does happen and I can't shake it, I'll I'll pull that worksheet out. It's a great way to self-regulate.
0: I I love, I think very regularly of Byron Katie using as an example, uh, I think it was like picking up socks. Her kids, they should be picking Mm -hmm. up their socks off the floor. And then her saying, well... Should they like I I'm the one who's bothered by the socks. They're not bothered by the socks on the floor. (laughs) You know, I should be picking up their socks off the floor (laughs) and just I think of that so often when I'm like, oh, yeah, right. I'm in this is my lane. (laughs) This isn't their lane.
1: Yeah. 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 An incredible an incredible path to finding more acceptance of what how just reality is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, gratitude practice. I feel like I really want to, before we're yeah. done today, I want to just throw that out there. It is so important oh, yeah. to be in, in Paige and I play the game. Like, what was your favorite part about today? So just like cultivating our awareness of what are the things that we're enjoying in our lives. And yeah. uh, we'll play it in car rides. And, you know, just like, what are you, what are you liking about this moment?
1: That's when I'm know? about to start picking back up again. I've gone through, again, I've gone through seasons with these practices. So that one's a little bit like out of my awareness. But yeah, gratitude yeah. practicing. Um, there's a book by Grant Sullivan, The Gap, yeah. So he's got this in there called um, oh, I think it's called like The Gap. It's like Gap Journaling or something. Uh, I, I can't remember exactly what they're called, but it's almost the like gratitude the gap journaling. The gain. Gap versus the gain, yeah. And it's like game yeah. journaling. That's what it is. It's where yeah. you're not necessarily uh, bringing an explicit gratitude, but you're tracking all of the things that are working. You're tracking mm. the things that Little bit of progress. And I find that sometimes that can be a little bit easier to get into than the gratitude because um I find for myself it can be hard to be grateful for an incremental piece of progress. But if I'm just if it's the prompt is to like, hey, to start tracking the incremental progress. It just naturally brings more gratitude into it. So that's a really fun one too is to do like three to five of those a day, especially if you're in a place where it feels like life is just beating you up and you know hitting you with left hooks. Um, mm. I recently had a, a sewer pipe blow at one of my properties and now I'm in touch with like, you know, mitigators and insurance companies. And I'm, you know, wondering whether or not this is going to be an out of pocket expense. And I, you know, just feel like I'm getting just hit left and right. And it's like, this is, this is the time to institute that practice is like yeah. to actually let's, let's, you know, not let this circumstance, take my mindset down how do i now cultivate how do i really cultivate a mindset to be able to 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 be in this and and see that things are not really that bad yeah that's awesome well dude
0: this has been such a great conversation if you're listening to this what are your versions of these things like check in again I'll here's that list physical mental spiritual environment romantic social family career financial creative um what are the things that you can do in your reality to cultivate those areas of your life.
1: Um any final thoughts, Clayton? Yeah, the thing that's coming to mind is just to, you know, if these practices seem inaccessible. It's like, oh, I'd have to change my life so much or do something, you know, different. Well you would have to do something different or something, you know, Herculean to put some of these practices in place. You know, just remember and maybe start to become aware of what are the current practices you already have in your life. On one level, what are the practices you have in your life that are working in your favor of what you Mm -hmm. want and what are the practices that you have in place right now that are actually creating a a disintegration within you? You know, do you wake up in the morning and check your phone every day? That's a practice, right? The minute you wake up on social media or looking at your email, that's a practice. And if you can do that daily, guess what? You can do these other things that are more intentional daily as well. That might actually serve you better.
0: Yeah. I love that. I love that. Maybe we'll talk uh, in the future about implementing these things in a resourceful way or kind of lowering the friction for that because i think that would be a useful topic thanks everyone for listening uh if you have any practices i'd love to hear them reach out to either clayton or i in one one of our various dms and let us know what are the practices that you have in your life that are working um what are the practices in your life that you have maybe that aren't working and that you wanted to shift your relationship to in the world i'd love to hear those things and we can continue the conversation thanks clayton thank you everybody for listening Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free then we are thrilled, if so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week. And in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.